Hey, welcome back to the City Rev Life podcast. Uh, my name is Roby. This is Rebecca, and we are in a series on mental health. And in this episode, we are going to do an overview on the subject of depression. And that is one of those uh, particular parts of mental health that is common. And, and maybe at some point, every person has depressed mm -hmm. feelings, but this can get to a place where it's very, very debilitating. And maybe uh, as a listener, you have um, experienced something like that before, or maybe on as an ongoing basis, a walk through that, or maybe have a, a loved one, someone close to you that walks through depression from time to time. And so as Christians, this is something that affects either our own lives or affects people that we love. And so this is an important subject to, to talk about. And so what we're going to do, we're going to walk through these various subjects in our series on mental health, and we're going to be looking at it through a couple different lenses. Uh, both we're going to look at it biblically and we're going to look at it from the research that is coming from the therapeutic community. And so there's things that we can learn biologically. There's things we can learn relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. All of those things together, all of those spheres belong to God and we are holistic beings. He made us like that. So we want to approach it like that. But before we go any further, maybe Rebecca, you can talk about just how would you define depression? How are we going to define depression through this episode? For today, I think we're just going to define it as just a common and serious mental illness that negatively affects how you uh, think, how you feel, how you act. Okay. So it's one of those things, uh, like we said, it's common, but it can be very, very serious. Yeah. It's not just we're not talking about, hey, I had a bad day, I'm discouraged. We're yeah. talking about something that's more serious. It's medical, medically related, and it affects pretty much all of our lives. Right. It, it can get to a place where it's affecting all of that. And so um, we're going to be uh, approaching this, uh, particularly with this subject, we're going to look at it from a biological and a psychological perspective. That's right. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So um, let's kind of jump in. Maybe just walk us through how to understand and appreciate um, this particular subject of depression. Yeah, I think, you know, like you said, we could all have experienced different seasons of depression, even if you've never had this prolonged um, episode of a major depression, major depression. So we all can understand that sense of my senses just feel dulled. Um, life just kind of seems bland. You know, there's that not that joy that um, that we want. Um, and if we were to look on an MRI scan of your brain, of our brains, when we're in that moment, you we wouldn't see a lot of activity going on. You know, with a brain that's um, lighting up, that's not depressed, you'd mm. see a lot of colors, a lot of lighting up on an MRI scan. But with a depressed brain, you're going to see a lot of darkness. Um, there's just not a lot of activity. And so we talk about that, you know, in terms of, I just feel like I'm really in a dark place or they're really in a dark place. And in some ways they literally are, you know, that's, there's just not a lot of activity going on. Mm -hmm. And that's the biological side and component that contributes to depression. So in a way, uh, that kind of dull, flat feeling that comes with prolonged depression, those are not just um, emotions. That's literally happening on the brain. The parts of the brain that should be lighting up with excitement and right. the things that we feel and the senses that is, it's really dull and flat and right. bland and, and dark. Like we talked about in the intro with neurons, those neurons should be firing and should be firing all the time. Mm. We have circuits that should just naturally be occurring and firing in our brains. And in someone with depression, there's not a lot of that going on. Mm. 
So it's, it's a very debilitating feeling and experience. So are there actual causes that are pulling that activity from that part of the brain, maybe to somewhere else? Right. So <clears throat> that is a very multifaceted question as well as a multifaceted answer, because there's just so many factors that contribute to depression. Um, but for the purposes of today, we're just going to talk about one type of biological uh, cause to depression. Um, we've talked about the amygdala before, which is in the intro, that um, fear circuit in our brain that's responsible for, for danger and finding danger and utilizing fear as a tool to keep us safe. Uh, the problem is, is that gets hijacked a lot in our hmm. lives. You know, we we stay in this state of fear long longer than we should sometimes. Um, sometimes just through no conscious choice, it's just uh, something we have a hard time disarming in ourselves. And so, um, for for someone who has the, that prolonged sense of fear being elevated for long periods of time, eventually things start to to break down and start to hurt and be harmed because of that. One thing that gets harmed with prolonged states of anxiety and stress is um, your uh, immune system starts to go into fight mode. Mm. So our immune system is designed to fight bad things, right? Bacteria mm. and viruses. So it's supposed to do that. But if it gets uh, accidentally turned on and it's constantly in this fight mode seeking to devour something, that's what it's, it's looking, constantly scanning in your body. Where's the pathogen? Where's the uh, um, intruder? Because I want to devour it and get it out of here. Um, well, unfortunately, there's not really anything that necessarily it's going to find if it's been triggered by stress. And so then what happens is our brain actually stops making a very important chemical called serotonin and it makes an acid instead. And serotonin is a naturally occurring chemical in our brains that's responsible for a lot of those joy-filled emotions. And so mm. when we've turned off our, our serotonin production, now we are biologically um, like setting the table for our brains to go down that, that dark pathway. Wow. Well, hearing about all of that, you know, going on in our, in someone's brain is walking through depression. Um, there's a part of that that is sobering. I mean, it's eye-opening and it's helpful to be reminded that if someone's walking through depression, there's a lot of biology happening. Yeah. It's not just spiritual weakness. And I think what happens often just looking at it from a pastoral perspective is someone may be walking through multiple weeks or months of depression. And a lot of times they feel like, I just don't have enough faith. Mm. I don't have joy in the Lord. Or I, I've obviously done something wrong and God is far from me. Mm. And so we, a lot of times our reflex is that there's a sin issue going on. But as you were just talking, there's biology. I mean, it's, it's like, a, again, like we talked about in the intro, if someone breaks their toe, that's sometimes just a bio, biological issue. It's not a spiritual issue. Right. And so um, there can be, depression can be a biological issue or it, and it can be set on by uh, occurrences, whether it's uh, grief or legitimate stress, like significant financial strain or, or relational strain. There are, are uh, uh, environmental issues that are legitimate that are leading to those kinds of difficulties. Yeah. And yeah. so I think it's important for us as a Christian community to have an appreciation for what's biologically happening yeah. with depression so that we can have empathy. Because if someone, if you've uh, been blessed to have never walked through a prolonged season of depression and you come across a Christian brother or sister or family member that's walking through that, 
maybe you're just like, man, I don't know, just, you know, buck up, you know, just try and pull yourself up off the bootstraps, you know, maybe just listen to some music and pray a little more. Mind over matter. Yes. And just choose to have a good attitude. And, you know, there's a lot more going on and having, there can be a lot more going on. And so we want to take a step back and patiently just walk alongside someone who's walking through that. And if you're that person, don't also take on the spiritual guilt and shame that I've done something spiritual wrong. There, there are legitimate factors relationally, mentally, emotionally, and biologically that could be happening. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it is, it's good to arm ourselves with that knowledge when uh, we need compassion for others, but also compassion for ourselves. You know, at the same time, maybe hearing about all that biology is scary because you're saying, whoa, there's something happening in my brain. I mean, how do I, I mean, how do I stop that? I mean, can I, can I affect that? You know, it's one thing if I break my toe and I need to bandage my toe, I mean, what do I do with my brain? I can't bandage my brain. And so what do I do? And actually uh, that's where there's hope. There's a lot of things Mm -hmm. that can be done and a lot of interventions that can be done to help when we're walking through something like that. Right. We're going to talk about, I think some of these biological things that we can do um, real quick. And then I'm going to leave you with just one main one, thinking about it from a psychological and spiritual standpoint. Um, but first of all, you know, uh, medication is just the leading um, intervention right now with depression, and it's definitely effective. And there's certainly, you know, no shame in that intervention. It's been proven to be effective. Um, I would argue that that plus um, therapy, which is, a, is another very strongly researched intervention, those two hand in hand are going to be the best bet for you. Um, but biologically too, just things that you can do best practices are things like exercising. One study um, measured that just one hour of leisure exercise a week reduced depression by 12%, a study put out in 2017. And so when I think about leisure exercise. Wow. Like an hour of leisure, like a walk. Um, that's pretty significant. So, um, that's a place to start. Even things like your nutrition, um, just nutrition with vitamins, vitamin D, folic acid, that's been also proven to, um, stabilize your mood. Um, go to your physician and see if that's something that you'd like to get just screened for. Uh, how are you doing on just your basic vitamins and nutrition? Um, eating a plant-based diet has also been proven to be effective as opposed to obviously, surprise, surprise, junk food does not help. Um, it actually increases your risk for depression by 40%. Which is ironic because that is so often the reflex. I'm depressed. Do you know what I need is ice cream and lots of it, yes. you know, but that might be and looks like studies show is increasing that. Right, so right. go for a walk and chew some broccoli along the way. <laughs> it's just hard to do. I know. Yeah, I would, I'm not saying it's this is easy by any chance, but this is what the research shows. Um, and then lastly, just sleep, you know, just something that your body needs um, to be able to repair itself. So just some typical minor biological interventions you can do. Obviously, that's not going to fix an entire problem like that. But holistically, when you look at it, that's, those are some biological interventions you can do. Before we get to the main one you want us to to stop on can we let's just circle back to um, therapy and medication for a second Mm. Uh, first of all a christian i believe strongly should never hesitate to go get trained uh, licensed christian therapy and there's so many great ones in our area if you don't live locally in south florida ask your church where they can find where you can find um find a christian therapist a licensed trained therapist 
the Bible talks so much about going and seeking counsel. Why would we not take advantage of that? That's what that's wisdom, but also med uh, medication. I think there's sometimes, unfortunately, a stigma towards medication. And, you know, there are definitely times that it's not right for medication. And that's not just going to be, uh, it's not always just a silver bullet. Well, let me just, you know, get medicated. And that's not, that's also not the right approach. But at the same time, if there's something biologically going on, that could be a, a very helpful mm -hmm. um, tool to use. And so a Christian should also, when, when consulting with, uh, with a therapist and walking through therapy and exploring all that's going on and taking their, their time to explore all that, that can be a very helpful intervention that a Christian should not be afraid to explore. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So walk us through this final intervention to kind of think about. Okay, so when we think about... Um, attacking this from just the our mind and spiritually speaking um studies show that practicing the art of prolonged reading can help your mental health purely because you practice the art of staying committed for a, a significant period of time so um what how long do i mean by that oh 20 30 40 minutes i mean whatever you can give to it being able to concentrate and have a the practicing the art of committing to reading something, whether it's a chapter a day or committing to reading a book, either yourself or with someone, practicing that art of just prolonged reading is going to um, strengthen your concentration, which is only going to help those networks, those circuits in your brain that we want to strengthen um, when, when combating mental health. So that's one intervention. Um, but if you pair it then with what do you read, um, I think you're going to get double bang for your buck. So now not only are you attacking the mind, but let's say what we want to put our minds on. Well, let's talk about the love of God. And so if we add that spiritual component in and saturate and have prolonged um, episodes of reading and saturating our minds with the content of the love of God, now you're getting double bonus. And one study showed back in 2009, um, they did a study on um, what meditation looks like. And they asked people to meditate on the love of God for 12 minutes a day. And at the end of 30 days, patients had lower blood pressure and lower heart rates. And so it, it significantly impacted their biology as well as those neural networks and pathways that we talked about in the intro, it created a dense neural network of pathways in an area of your brain that's responsible for processing love, empathy, and compassion. And so as you grow and create these dense networks in that wonderful part of your brain, one of the byproducts of of creating that network, that circuit stronger, is it actually turns off our amygdala. Hmm. That's one of the just byproducts. It's, it's almost like the dark side and the light side. <laughs> You've got the dark side of the amygdala. Wait, are you quoting Star Wars right now? Because I'm glad I have this on video. I'm I, a little nervous. My work here is done. My they're, work here is done. But they're kind of foils of each other because we hear in scripture, perfect love casts out all fear. And that's essentially what this is doing. This part of your brain is called the ACC. I'm I'm um, abbreviating it because it's a very long word that I, I don't want to butcher. <laughs> so I'm going to call it the ACC. As their neural networks and those pathways grew stronger, grew denser, grew more efficient. A natural byproduct is it released hormones that actually turned off our fear circuit. 
And so we have biological evidence to show that perfect love casts out all fear. Um, Dr. Tim Jennings is the one who enlightened me to this. Um, He is a neuroscientist and uh, did a lot of research in that area and had some really liberating truths for us, um, biblical truths that we were to draw out of this modern research. Um, But the last um, improvement that we get from this study is it also improved your memory by 30%. 30%. So that prolonged concentrated reading wow. on the subject of the love of God is going to improve your memory, which we're going to talk about in a different podcast, but why your memory is an important part in creating good mental health. What I love about digging into the biology of what's happening with not only mental health, but also the interventions is it's not explaining away the spiritual side. It's just showing the richness of God's truths Mm. and how he's wired it all together holistically. Because I know that I've preached this passage, one of my favorite passages of scripture so many times. It's Psalm 1. Mm. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. That's the scripture. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. His leaf does not wither and all that he does, he prospers. And so the idea is Mm. meditating day and night, giving time to reflecting on the word of God, the scripture makes someone thrive. They're like a healthy tree Mm. that's bearing lots of fruit. And so what we're learning through this is the idea of two studies giving prolonged time to reading and then meditating on the things of God, these beautiful things, both of those independently of each other would be things that would actually help the health of your brain and your mental and your mental emotional health, but put them together. And it's like a double whammy and it's just confirming we're we're actually seeing how God has wired this truth of meditating on his word deep into our brain and how much that, that helps us. And so, so, yeah. And so I hope that that brings you hope as you're hearing this. And so as we're wrapping up, I think it would be helpful because there may be someone that is listening to this and and maybe they've been walking through a prolonged season of, Mm. of depression. And if that's true and it's been debilitating, then probably taking this particular intervention of Mm -hmm. reading the scripture is important, but probably should be in addition to some more stronger interventions like going to see a counselor. And so, and so let's maybe talk through this. Um, if there's a list of, of criteria, kind of an inventory, let me just read through this list. Um, interrupted sleep or insomnia, loss of interest in normal things, pervasive guilt or feelings of worthlessness, low or poor energy or and fatigue, loss of or poor concentration, increased or decreased appetite, um, psychomotor agitation, like your nerves are shot, or suicidal thoughts. So I, I read that list, maybe someone is hearing that and some of those they're like, yeah, check, I have some of those. Mm-hmm. Um, just as a therapist, um, what, what would you advise? I'd say if you have more than half of those that you just listed, um, especially if you've experienced a very depressed mood for a significant period of time, I'd say two weeks or more, um, consider talking with uh, a physician, your doctor, or a counselor, or trained therapist, a psychiatrist even, um, just asking more questions. Again, doesn't necessarily mean you need to go to medication per se, but maybe there's some more interventions um, biologically you can do, um, creating a more social network to help bring support around you. Um, maybe you can easily identify what the trigger or what the stresses or the trauma or the grief, like we've talked about, just circumstances 
circumstances can pro, pro, provoke this um, reaction. So um, as you take inventory, that might be a good starting point to say, hey, this might be something worth looking into more than just hearing about it today. So if out of that list, you heard multiple things that you're like, yes, that's been me here. I don't want a feeling of dread to come over you like, oh no, I've lost. You haven't mm -hmm. lost. Actually let hope come over you because now you know a good step to take is to, is to go see your physician, uh, go see a Christian counselor, take a step um, towards finding that healing. And so um, that doesn't mean that you've lost. That doesn't mean that you should feel dread. That means that you're about to take your first steps to finding greater mental health. Mm -hmm. Just know that we are praying for you. We love you. We're together in this. And um, we hope that this podcast has been a blessing to you and a help to you. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on City Rev Life. You can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review wherever you're listening to this. And we love it when you share it with your friends on social media. For more videos and content, go ahead and check us out at cityrev.org slash podcast or download our City Rev Church app. Have a great day.